Hello, Mike Baxter here, and welcome to Strategy Distilled for February. I'm going to be talking about the case for strategy scoping and a few strategy snippets you might have missed. But before that, I've got some free copies of my new book, Core Values, to give away to subscribers. Uh, just send me your postal address. The both the ebook and the paperback versions of Core Values and how they underpin strategy and organizational culture are now available on Amazon. And I'd love to hear what you think. So you can either leave a rating or a review on Amazon or contact me directly and give me your feedback. Mike at goalatlas.com. I'd also be interested to hear what other topics you'd like to see covered in a compact book like this which aims to help readers do one thing well, in this case, to devise a set of organizational core values. So find out more at goalatlas.com slash core values or look for the ebook or the paperback version, copies of which I'm giving away free to subscribers uh, on Amazon. So the case for strategy scoping. I talk a lot in my consultancy work about strategy scoping, and in fact, I've yet to meet a client who wouldn't benefit from a scoping process prior to embarking on strategy development. So I was actually quite surprised as I reviewed all the topics I've been covering in the past 20 issues of Strategy Distilled that I hadn't actually mentioned strategy scoping. So here goes. Strategy scoping writes the brief for strategy development. It ensures that the strategy you develop is rigorous, fit for purpose, and sets both signposts and milestones for that development process. Strategy scoping has three main objectives. Number one, to enable initial decisions to be made about what purpose your forthcoming strategy is intended to serve. What broadly? is in and out of scope, and to assemble a body of evidence to explain and justify those decisions. Number two, to propose what needs to be done during strategy development, who needs to be involved, and how key strategic decisions are going to be made, validated, and ratified. Number three, to define a set of criteria by which the strategy, once produced, will be deemed to be fit for purpose. Strategy scoping has five main benefits. Number one, strategy development becomes simpler, more focused and more straightforward to manage by identifying why the strategy is needed, which decisions need to be made and what evidence is needed to make them. The process of strategy scoping aligns senior leaders on strategy intentions and aspirations. Number three, strategy development becomes more transparent and hence can lead to more involvement and better quality involvement across the organization. Number four, strategy development becomes less prone to bias, becomes more evidence-based, more data-driven and hence a lot more robust robust. And number five, over the longer term, a simpler, more transparent and more justifiable strategy will be more readily engaged with, more willingly committed to 
and more eagerly adopted. As a result, it's likely to achieve the strategic success it defines for itself. Now, these are benefits for the executives and the board who will ultimately own the strategy, for the strategy team who will be developing and launching the strategy, and for the planning team who will manage the resourcing and tracking of its success. So what does strategy scoping actually involve? Well, it varies in size considerably across different organizations. For a startup or a small organization, it could be completed in a single two-hour workshop. For a large organization, especially if it operates in multiple markets or territories, strategy scoping can take months as the views of frontline teams are sampled and aggregated across the organization. In my own work with clients, I always try to complete strategy scoping in a single four to six week sprint, culminating in a full day workshop to review the evidence accumulated during the sprint and make the strategy scoping decisions that are critical. This serves as a great forcing function to get the first round of strategy decisions made in a reasonable timescale. These key scoping decisions fall into three main categories. The first is strategy horizon scoping. What is the purpose of this new strategy for the organization? Is it to accelerate our success or save us from failure? Is there an obvious destination or direction of travel that the new strategy should build around? Are there clear boundaries that the new strategy must fit within? Horizon scoping is based on key insights from situational analysis, and I typically use the House of Strategy model for this analysis. You can get the House of Strategy model from the Goal Atlas website. It's also based on an analysis of strategic aspirations. What are the hopes and dreams that the strategy might deliver? And strategy drivers. Are there any burning issues that will need to be resolved by the strategy? And horizon scoping is also based, finally, on a strategy time horizon. Do any of these analyses lend themselves to strategy being for a particular duration, like maybe three years or five years? So the second category of key scoping decisions is strategy development. What work will be needed to develop the strategy? And this can be tackled in a structured way by identifying the key decisions needed for strategy to be developed. Are they about customers or competitors or pricing and finance or technology and innovation? Are these decisions focused on growth, on transformation and change management or on consolidation and efficiency. You also need to identify the evidence, analysis and insights needed to inform those decisions. Is the evidence already available or do you need to acquire it? Once you have the evidence, how easy will it be to analyze? How readily will it yield the insights you need for strategic decision making? Do any of these decisions depend on expertise you will need to outsource? Or do they depend on finding, finding consensus of opinion, or possibly diversity of opinion, through a consultation process? 
And finally, strategy development scoping needs to identify the key strategy development jobs that need to be done. Given the evidence, analysis and insights required, what jobs need to be done? Who will need to do them and how long will they take? So the third category of key scoping decisions are strategy acceptance criteria. How will you know when you've developed a strategy that's fit for purpose? Just to be clear, because this is often a source of confusion, this is not about the strategic KPIs that will be used to track the progress of the strategy after it's launched. All we're trying to do here is work out whether we have written a good enough strategy for it to be accepted as our strategy and launched. If, for example, we identify in horizon scoping that we need growth, both of revenue and customers, or we will need to reduce staff costs, the acceptance criteria for strategy launch would be thorough evidence-based projections of costs and revenue with credible methods for achieving them. So all of this is kind of summarized and made practical in my strategy scoping checklist, which is available as a free PDF and you'll get the link in the email version or the web version of this newsletter. And this can be used to prompt discussion of the key scoping decisions described in the three categories above. You can also read more about strategy scoping in the strategy manual. There's a whole chapter dedicated to the principles and practicalities of strategy scoping as a precursor to strategy development. So hopefully you will find strategy scoping a useful thing to do in your organization. And now some strategy snippets that you might have missed. Decision rights for strategy. A new strategy often requires new decisions to be made in unusual circumstances. At worst, this can lead to disruption as ill-informed or unauthorized decisions are made to the detriment of all involved. At best, it can lead to delays in decision-making and reduce strategic impetus. Clarifying decision rights around strategy is therefore a great thing to do early in the rollout of a new strategy. The process of delegating decision rights can also provide an opportunity to discuss how strategic decisions ought to be made, what evidence those decisions need to be informed by, and who should be consulted. And you can read more about decision rights at The Ready. Now some strategy quotes for 2023. Here's a couple of quotes that perhaps reflect some of the uncertainties that many are feeling as 2023 gets underway. Noble, for example, said, we are entering a year with the widest range of possible outcomes and forecasts. Charterwork said, strategies, no matter how carefully designed, are roadmaps to destinations we have never visited over territories that has not been carefully explored. And in response to this kind of uncertainty, Richard Rumelt in his new book, The Crux, says, the most important part of a leader's job is to set in motion the actions today that will build a better tomorrow. 
in other words, strategy. So that's it for Strategy Distilled for February. Until next time.